0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Breaking Mayberry, Banjoing While Rome Burns. We are the show about trying to understand what is wrong with the world today by watching old timey television, specifically The Andy Griffith Show. I'm your host, one of your hosts, Martin R. Schneider. I'm the other one, Dan Ludwig. And today we have a special guest, comedy writer, Jordana Lipsitz. Yay! Hi! Joining us from uh, Los Angeles because Jordana is a uh, a wordsmith, one might say, Ooh. good at the English language, mm-hmm. mistress of letters, so
2: friggin' good at English. That's right. Yeah, and we've brought her on to talk about the episode that involves horrible sexism and somewhat the subject of weed. Yay,
0: barely, barely yeah. the subject of weed. Right, Not enough, really. Let's go ahead and get into this. Let's just launch right into this since we're doing a, a one this time.
2: When I pitched Jordana coming onto this one, I kind of sold her a lie because I was like, oh, come on and do the Reefer Madness episode, yeah. which I remembered it as being. And yeah. I forgot that they mentioned weed once and then the rest of it is just sexism.
0: Well, here's why. Here's why you thought that, Dan. Uh, normally, we do like an intro, and then I read the one sentence summary from Wikipedia. But I'm just gonna go right to the one sentence summary right now. So this is episode 29, "Quiet Sam," directed by avid stamp collector Bob Sweeney, my favorite Peaky Blinders character, Bob Sweeney, <laughs> and and written by two guys uh, we haven't seen before, Jim Fritzel and Everett Greenbaum. So this airs May first, 1961. Oh. And here's the one sentence description of this uh, Barney is suspicious of reticent farmer Sam Becker William, Actor William Shallert Who we'll talk about in a second So he convinces Andy to investigate Barney thinks Sam might be growing marijuana Now I read that description And I thought just like you Dan I thought yeah we're getting a Reefer Madness episode From the Andy Griffith show And it's horseshit. shit It's a lie Yeah It's mentioned they- once Ooh. Once this is technically true, but it is not what the episode is about, and it's not like the Wikipedia one sentence summaries have ever shied away from just spoiling everything before. So why now? Why be vague now?
2: It's super weird. I, I it's like they're trying to like basically trick us specifically into getting into this episode.
3: Jordana, I, I owe you a weed up. I think it sounds like it's, like, you know, there's this institutionalized belief that, like, weed is taboo. So, like, that's, it's in, it's in the Wikipedia article.
0: So, alright, so let's, do we, do we have anything we want to talk about, promote? Make sure to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Uh, cool. Still trying to, uh, we have a lead now on uh, a copy of Chrome, so we're going to be doing that probably for a bonus episode for our Patreon subscribers pretty soon. Uh, and Dan and I are also talking about other plans for bonus stuff So check that out Let's jump right into this Alright, so Quiet Sam uh, Now, this our guest in this episode uh, is William Schallert He plays Sam Becker William Schallert had a pretty long career He just died about two years ago And oh, he, shit. Was, he was the Screen Actors Guild president for a few years In the late 70s, early 80s uh, He was best known for being on uh, the Patty Duke show. Uh, And he was still working up until very recently. He was on uh, episodes of Two Broke Girls and uh, How I Met Your Mother. What (laughs) the fuck?
1: What? Wow. This dude is
0: also one of the few people who was in both the movie and the TV version of In the Heat and the Night. So, yeah. Shallert had a very long uh, career. And you know what? He's not a bad actor. We've seen bad Uh, character actors come on this show uh and he's one of the better ones he's no uh robert golden rg armstrong yeah he's no rg armstrong who we saw last week but he's he's not bad all right so so our episode begins uh with barney stepping out of floyd's barber shop uh, and as he's walking out, Floyd is walking out with him and Floyd stops him and notices, oh, wait, Barney, you're a little lopsided and proceeds to, like, trim him up right there on the street uh, because Shitty he, barber. he's a terrible barber. He's the only one in town. Uh, and Barney notices a truck that is relatively close to a fire plug uh, and thinks it might be a possible infraction. So he does the Barney five thing and measures with his feet to make sure that he that this truck is parked within the law and it is Which within is two inches of the law ppa bullshit that like the, the the parking attempt was clearly a
2: very good faith attempt to park it as far away from the hydrant as possible and he's measuring the individual fucking inches to try to get him a ticket
0: like yeah, for our, our listeners who are not from philadelphia the, the <laughs> philadelphia parking authority pulls bullshit like this all the time they are so notoriously crooked and annoying that there's an entire television show dedicated to their horse shit. I've never oh, yeah. seen
3: the show. I, I Everyone always says there's this show, but nobody knows what it's called. And I haven't seen it. So I think it's called- that it's one of those things. You know, like,
0: it's like, like an urban legend, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone, everyone in Philadelphia knows about this show, but no one's ever seen. It's like, it's like those weird S's that everybody drew in the fourth grade in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Nobody knew what they meant. No one I knows where they, they came from. Signs.
2: I mean, it's it's like, hey, you know, that group dollar. of people that, that you hate and make your lives miserable on a regular basis want to see the ins and outs of their day to day life. Like no, I don't want to know what the PPA does with their day when they're not fucking with everybody.
0: I think you're right, Dan. I think it is called Parking Wars, and I want to say it was like on True TV or Crime TV or one of those bullshit channels oh, that you get with a like Direct TV package that no one ever watches. Uh, yeah,
3: Marty, I have a really serious question. Did you say fire plug?
0: I did say fire plug, and the reason I said fire plug instead of fire hydrant is because that's what they refer to it as on this show. A
3: fire plug. Yeah. The South is a strange place.
0: More specifically, a fire plug. Fire plug. Fire plug.
3: I mean, do you think that's a South thing or that's an old timey? No, thing? dude. I think. Okay, so here's the thing that I think that the listeners and you both should know. Like the Andy Griffith Show is very dear to me because a my grandpa looks just like Andy Griffith and i really feel like this should go on your twitter he's dead now but he looks like just like him and like also like mayberry is like a glimpse into chatsworth which is georgia which is where my people are from my mom's mm-hmm. people and it is terrifying the things they say the the crap that these people come up with these words Fireplug? What is that? <laughs> I'm, I'm irate. I I
2: wasn't uh, sure if you were saying like like are like stuff like fireplug or if you were talking about racial
3: slurs. Like, oh well, that, yeah. That, I mean, it's obviously that, that not too. great for that stuff too. But I mean, like the sayings, the sayings they have. It's like, what? I does the sun like make your make you come up with fascinating words?
0: <laughs> Here's do. I, I'm glad that you said this, Jordana, though, because I've been wondering a lot about, like, this idea of Mayberry, which is, like, a southern town that yeah. people have based their identity about, like, said it's things are like Mayberry, except Mayberry was created by dudes who lived in Los Angeles and London that were writing these episodes. I guess people assume that because Andy Griffith himself was a southerner, yeah. that it was, like, southern accurate, but I've always wondered about this because... Huh. And he's not writing the episode. How
3: how much of it is improvising, though? Like, the word is... And is Barney Fife from the South?
0: Yeah, they're... they're
3: I,
2: or the real oh, guy, whatever you, his real name Don is. Uh, Don oh, no. Knotts. Don Knotts is definitely not from the
3: South. No. Where's... Whatever. Okay. Anyway, they say weird shit, and it upsets me. <laughs> I mean, I, I imagine... do I can't imagine
2: people in current... America saying "fire plug." It just sounds too
0: vaguely. Fire sexual. plug. Uh, Don Knotts was born in Morgantown, West Virginia. So, okay, depending on your, on your on yeah. your on your definition of the South, he's from the South. South uh, yeah. South adjacent. He's south yeah. adjacent. He's 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 definitely on the other side of the Mason Dixon. So, you know. Okay.
3: All right. Well, uh, all right. Okay, listen,
0: listen, Jordana. If you're upset by the word fire plug, we're never getting through this. Okay, you're
2: right. Uh,
3: sorry, I'm so sorry. The
2: term boiled boiled as an owl has been used for. Boiled like
3: an I heard that yeah. one. That one upsets me too. <laughs> they do some damage to the English language over the course of this show. As a wordsmith, it hurts my soul, truly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, so- my. So- Barney observes the, that this truck is legally purchased, and that, or purchased, that this truck is legally parked, and that irritates him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, whose truck is this anyway? And uh, Floyd tells him, well, that's Sam Beckerts. And Barney basically responds with, that weirdo? That fucking weird guy? I, I should give him a ticket just to make him talk. He doesn't say anything. He's lived at that farm for a month. So basically he's building up Sam as like, like, the creepy old old lady that lives at the house down the lane, like, it's been here for months, no one knows anything about him. Again, it's like, a stranger came to town, and we're very suspicious of him.
2: Every uh, time, and they already set up the dynamic of, Barney is upset by this guy for weird reasons, and is willing to abuse the shit out of his power to get in his face.
0: Yeah, like, Barney has nothing to do with his time, so he says, well, I'm gonna just bug this guy until I get him to talk. About anything. <laughs> I dislike this man for
2: arbitrary reasons involving his social engagement, and I'm going to go to any lengths to just, I don't know, make his life slightly harder. It, and he, yeah. he,
0: he demonstrates this as Sam gets out of the grocery store, loads up his truck full of groceries, uh, and begins to try to drive away. And Barney like, sticks his head in the window of the truck, practically, and is just like, hi, Ooh. let's talk about groceries. See, you got some groceries there. Like it's the most desperate pickup attempt I've ever seen Pickup <laughs> attempt. I didn't even mean to make that joke, but it's a See, cause. March into the sea. I swear <laughs> to God. See cause cause it's a truck. Also known Fuck. as a pickup.
2: He just like he just comes up to him and is like, oh. Hey, you're putting groceries in the back of a truck, and Sam just goes, Yeah, and then walks away, which is the correct response. Just like, hey, you're currently lifting things with your human arms. <laughs> yes <laughs> yes i am okay good goodbye you're not having a conversation
0: with me you're just stating simple facts you toddler okay hang on hang on dan you just sparked an idea in my head if barney fife is an alien occupying a human body trying to understand like how humans function then so much more of this show makes sense (laughs) Just, just slide that in there Including, like, his general appearance. Like, that is not... That was the first attempt they had at making a human suit. Um,
3: it's it's like the the pug in Men in Black. Men in Black?
0: Yeah, yes.
3: It is 100...
2: It's the bug in Men in Black, but they did a worse job. mm, Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, Okay. All right. So, so Sam drives away, and Andy comes over, wondering what Barney's up to this time. Uh, And Floyd leaves. Uh, and they have, Andy and Barney have a small conversation where, uh, basically Barney explains his whole deal, why he's concerned about this, says that this Sam guy has all the characteristics of a criminal. The Um,
2: facial characteristics of a criminal.
0: And then he describes
2: his skull shape. Yeah, that's some racist shit, is what's going on right there.
0: Fucking phrenology right there. Jesus.
3: Chill out, Nazi-donuts. Oh. Well, Don Knottsy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so we're, I'd say we're, we're less than minute ten. Jordana has, has just justified her guesthood. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, you I'm Don Knottsy. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do his voice. I try. No. Oh no. Wait, wait, wait. Take another crack at it because okay. uh, the, the Don Knotts impression is surprisingly deceptive. Okay, okay,
3: hold on. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Don Nopsy. Manhunt. <laughs> huh?
0: You sound like Sandy the Squirrel <laughs> <That's> from Spongebob. <laughs> 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 oh my god. All right,
2: so. Yeah. You over-Southerned it a little bit, but other than that, me. a good
1: <laughs> well, All right. Good, good,
0: good on you for coming at it swinging. Thank you. Uh, all right, so, so the next scene, we are at the Griffith home where Andy and Aunt B and Opie are closing all the windows and they're preparing for an upcoming storm. 40 mile an hour wind, get your nerves all tucked in, which ultimately proves to be Ugh. pointless and useless to the plot. Like, it's mostly irrelevant.
2: Yeah, the, it's the... just they need. there needs to be a storm to provide some vague sense of stakes. Yeah, it um, makes it a little more yeah. dangerous.
0: And there, there are none. Like, like later on, they had a perfect chance to use the storm because a doctor is needed. And they don't say the doctor can't get here because of the storm. They say the doctor is out of town. You had the perfect opportunity to make your storm relevant to the story and just whiffed it. <laughs> like, well, This storm they, is pointless. They do use it
2: uh, as a great opportunity for Opie to be dumb as hell, but also really metal. <laughs> uh, yeah. Opie's stupid little ass thinks that if you put four pennies outside and they get struck by lightning they turn into quarters which dream bigger in terms of what you believe in, in magic child like he's like so fucking stupid and, and he, he believes this because a four-year-old told him to it to him he was like that Nat pike told it to me and ampi says he's a very small child (laughs) and obi says well he's been around plenty i i i'm I'm getting increasingly
0: he's so he's such a stupid little fuck fun fact though ron howard still to this day believes anything a four-year-old tells him (laughs) (laughs) yes take that beloved arrested development producer ron howard
3: (laughs) yeah (laughs) does it have children like if did, i mean think- he has
0: an adult daughter
3: <laughs> right okay so here's the thing though like he believes this do you think his wife was like sat him down and was like ron howard if you keep believing everything our four-year-old daughter tells us tells you i'm gonna leave you do you think like that might have happened
2: almost certainly yeah oh, i would-
3: I would say ninety percent certainty
2: that she had to had to threaten divorce because he was just internalizing everything. <laughs> the Andy Griffith Show warped his his uh, his relationship between reality and fantasy. It's
3: completely gone. I mean, in uh,
0: fairness, the Andy Griffith Show warped a lot of people's uh, <laughs> perception of reality and fantasy. I mean, so, that
3: is the point of this podcast.
0: So he really hit it on the head there. So so what 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 is it that Andy or that Opie actually believes, Dan? That if you leave pennies outside and they get
2: struck by lightning, they turn into slightly more money. Uh, not like not like they turn into like like wild dogs or they turn into electric metal pennies. They just turn into like a quarter, which like it's not it even seems that like an it's awful... six
0: cents. They just yeah. multiply their worth by six. Lightning yeah. has a six x multipli- multiplier on this. Yeah, it's
2: I mean, I guess if you were doing it as a get rich quick scene, but then he should be like, I want to leave like like 200 pennies outside. But no, he's just like, "Eh, yeah, let me just do this magic real quick in our backyard for no gain whatsoever.
0: Opie is the guy who would sell his cow for some magic beans, but then eat the beans anyway. Yeah, no, he'd just be in it for the journey. He just wants to know that he
3: had magic beans briefly. Oh, that's really beautiful though. I mean, he just sees joy in the little things, you know?
2: He he sees joy in the little things and also just kind of is 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 rad about it. Like he just believes the slightly most badass version of the world. Oh. Because Obi may, is a little savage.
0: May we all be as badass and idealistic as Obi. Alright, so. Enter, enter Barney, uh, who asks to see Andy alone, and Aunt B goes, well, I'm gonna leave this episode now. <laughs>
2: uh, <and laughs> Aunt B out! <laughs> and then, uh, Andy gives Opie a handful of pennies to just chuck in his backyard and Shh. Opie pieces. Barney makes his argument for the Becker case, oh. which proceeds to be some Gestapo bullshit. <laughs> uh... He then, he he runs through everything he knows about Sam Becker, does not know his profession, which Andy quickly just says, he's a farmer. And Barney's like, okay, well, I had no way of knowing that. Anyway, I pulled his purchasing receipts at the grocery store, which, what? How, what? How did you do that? Who let you do that? Ellie. Sup- <laughs> oh, God damn it! Ellie doesn't believe in warrants. <laughs> yeah, Ellie doesn't give a fuck anymore. She's been broken down by this horrible town. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he runs through his his purchasing history, and it's like tranquilizers, bandages, uh, sterilizers. Yes. Uh, like
0: talc- yeah, so. yeah
2: ta- talcum powder. Uh, and he he a- Andy is like, well, what do you think that means? And Barney says, you wouldn't recognize a muddy elephant in the snow, which. <laughs> Again with the animal metaphors that only vaguely make sense. I
3: I really loved it when um, Andy was like, "You th- you think Sam's got an elephant up? A-. He says up his place. It was beautiful. Up. I can't do it the way that he does it. It's gorgeous.
0: Up his place. Up his
3: yeah.
2: place. Ugh. Andy Griffith's Southern accent is an entirely different language. We've tried to varying degrees to replicate it. I think it, it, we've we've only ever gotten a piece of it. I mean, he's
0: ugh. so Bar- Barney's treating these purchases like the smoking gun. It's it's like it's like he found him buying like large amounts of fertilizer or Sudafed. Like he's <laughs> really treating this like like I've, yeah. Uh, I mean, tranquilizers uh, are pretty
3: weird. Like, why are you yeah, buying that?
2: Yeah. Uh, y- but why also, why are they selling tranquilizers <laughs> at the grocery store? What the fuck? I mean, she doesn't give a
3: fuck. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> she sells what she wants.
2: Yeah, like, oh, yeah, no, give me, uh, give me two pounds of horse tranquilizer at this, the grocery store, that we allow children
0: into. I wish, I wish that there was just a spinoff of, like, Ellie running a black market out of the back. of the <laughs> Just, like, Ellie gives you the fucking hookup. <laughs> oh, God. You go to Ellie's place to get the good stuff.
2: Like partway through an Andy Griffith scene, just a meth addict just comes oh up God. and be like, "Hey, do you still have anything in store?" And Ellie just has to like run by the car, like, "You don't come up to me during my day to day life. You, <laughs> you, you don't pull this bullshit."
3: Did they do the meth back then? Is meth new? Uh, I think
2: they had they had classic meth, and then okay. in the eighties they rebranded with new meth. <laughs> Got it.
3: Coke <laughs> uh. classic. <laughs> yes. Meth. topic um, Yeah. Beautiful.
0: Personally, um, personally I liked uh, in the '90s when we got meth clear. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't you can't get that anymore, but they brought it back last year for a small promotion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so so Barney's instinct is that Sam's got a man up there with a bullet in him. Now, Dan, you wrote Barney thinks Sam has a corpse on the notes. I wonder, like, I don't know if it's a. Well, a man up there with a bullet in him. That's got to that... be a dead body, right? I heard that and I thought that like because of the of the stuff that he bought, there was a man up there with a bullet in him that Sam was treating, like taking care of oh, yeah. like like Ooh. like like he had been injured in a shootout like at a bank robbery and he was up there like nursing this dude back to health as they got him. That's what I thought But Barney don't you thought. take the you bullet to... out? I but guess he... yeah, it is. You're no I
2: I, well, I guess maybe the disinfectant would be, like, he needs to disinfect the bullet hole. I, re- I heard it as, like, okay, so he has a dead body up there that he's trying to dissolve.
0: He didn't buy lie. Uh, that's true.
3: <laughs> Ellie's got a lie, though.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah no. no. Ellie... Ellie's the fucking Gustavo Fring of this universe. (laughs) You, Ellie can
2: get rid of a dead body. You don't even have to buy the stuff from her. You just roll the body up to her and it's
0: gone. (laughs) So anyway, uh, Barney convinces Andy to go up with him in the middle of the night. uh, And so Andy says, fine, it'll like sate your curiosity. Let's go. They drive up to the farm. They're in the squad car. Uh, I will say... Dan- a couple of episodes ago, we saw that really nitpicky bullshit on the ultra-reliable Mayberry Wiki uh, about the, like, nighttime filter that they use mm. to try to darken stuff and turn uh, broad daylight into night. Yeah, this is one of those, this is one of those yeah. where it's like, it's very clearly the middle of the day, but they put a filter on the camera to make me think that it's night. Is it shooting it day work. for night?
3: Do they shoot, like, does it, does it happen while they're shooting that this this filter is on?
2: Yeah. So the guy
3: from uh, from the
2: the Mayberry Wikipedia uh-huh. that we use points out that what they started doing was, was was it that they they would film during the day and just put some bullshit over the camera. Yeah, That's to what make it, it seemed
0: look like yeah.
3: I mean, yeah, they yeah. Do... So they don't do it after. Yeah. They don't do it in post production. They do it during shooting.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and cool. uh, and, and just like, These I, I think their idiots. logic was just like it's. It's their logic was just like it's black and white film. No one's gonna notice. and For the most part, it works yeah. until you see a light source on the screen. Right. Like when <laughs> yeah, you see it a light source on. I mean,
2: uh, their strategy so far for establishing nighttime is to just show a thing and then have Don
0: Knotts off camera go. It's
2: currently nighttime.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, will, Just... I, I will say, though, it's one of those things that unless I know to look for it, which I do now, thanks fucking Mayberry Wiki, uh, I wouldn't have noticed it. So anyway, they drive... They're
2: watching the... Sam plow.
0: Yeah, Sam's plowing in the middle of the <laughs> night. Uh, he's out in his field, up on his plow. Uh, by the way, uh, speaking of the ultra-reliable Mayberry Wiki, uh, some oh, buddy fucking wrote how this is a goof because the tractor isn't working right and... Uh, they're what? not plowing correctly. I'm not gonna read it. But it's a
2: fucking tractor. He's just he's on it doing tractor shit. Like what? Yeah. These fucking Mayberry Wiki nerds. Bar-
0: Barney asks, or Andy says, "Well, he's clearly planting something." Barney's like, "Yeah, what's he gonna plant, huh?" Andy's like, "I don't know, lima beans. There's all sorts of stuff." <laughs> and this is where, this is where Barney says, or marijuana. Which is the only reference we get to marijuana in this entire episode. Thank you very much, Wikipedia. Uh.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's... Like, he says it briefly, and Andy just goes, No. Uh, And then they keep going. (laughs) Which, like, I don't think this episode even, like, understands how growing weed would work. Because they, they... does barney think that he could just like grow a field of weed and just no one would see like hey that's fucking pot yeah
3: you have to you like that was something i've I've watched some movies about it um (laughs) and like you have to grow it next to stuff like sometimes like right next to it like under it almost which makes it hard to cultivate because it does need anyway whatever
2: you have to have like a grow operation. Yes. Like you have to be doing it like in a basement or out in the woods or some yes. shit. Like Barney just half asses this entire hypothesis. Like you I, I can't tell if Barney doesn't know how growing weed works or the show doesn't know how growing weed works. I mean, well, it's mean, okay,
0: cause we're about to encounter something that the show does not understand how it works, uh in just a second. So Childbirth. Childbirth. By the yeah, that's that's a surprise. Guess what? This is an episode about childbirth. That centers entirely around three men. So let's <laughs> let's roll on through this shit. So they're watching. They're watching. Uh, Sam. They're watching through. Sam.
2: He he runs inside. Andy promptly he, dismisses he this for He gets a signal. Bullshit. He gets a
0: signal. Like the lights flicker on and off in the house, and he jumps off his tractor and runs like sprints <laughs> for the house. Uh, and, which is admittedly kind of suspicious, but yeah, Andy just says this is horseshit. Let's leave. He wants yeah. coffee.
3: Uh, I just really want, like, Andy keeps being like, "Let's go back to the office so I can have coffee." And it's like, I just, someone get Andy a freaking coffee.
2: <laughs> no, it's it, he 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 says it like with such a uh, with, with like with such cruel relish. He's like, "You're gonna go uh, on patrol, and then I'm gonna go back to the office, and I'm gonna go drink a fucking coffee, you fucking
0: moron." Uh, Jordana, and, I have to ask because of the voice you just did. What? Do you think that the Andy Griffith show is the cast of Spongebob?
3: You know, maybe Spongebob seeped into my subconscious, you know?
0: You you can listen to Jordana's podcast, Under the Sea, uh, <laughs> which, which is about the Spongebob Squarepants series. Um,
2: All right. Jordana's podcast, know This is Patrick. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so so the next shot, we return we to the jail, and Andy is comforting Otis, who is scared of the thunder, in a very endearing moment for Otis. That also makes me go, wait, did they just leave Otis there alone the entire time? What? The How long, long has he... he been there?
2: So Andy's, Andy's trying to calm Otis down, and his explanation is, the thunder has nothing to do with you. That's just clouds bumping together. And all right, so... Even when I'm at my drunkest, I'm still an adult. <laughs> I know how thunder works. I don't lose several years of my, like, development. Like, what the- Yeah, it
3: made me wonder they- if maybe Otis is not only an alcoholic, but maybe someone with, like, mental disabilities, that they just, like, let drink himself instead of getting him the proper help. Whew. Uh, yeah, oh, okay. it's That's possible. actually an
2: incredibly real possibility. Mm.
3: I mean, mental health, they either, like, at that time, they either, like, shipped you off to a place or they just said you were queer. So, like...
0: Tell me about the rabbit bar. And, oh,
3: <laughs> and also, another I, another thing about Mayberry that I think about all the time is, like, so, you know, those small southern towns, like, everyone was addicted to medications because they didn't have like the FDA and wasn't as invested down there so they were taking all these weird like morphine and stuff because they were told that it would make them feel better and like poor Otis they, they make disenfranchised people they like life so much harder at this time in our history that Andy Griffiths show is modeling
2: <laughs> so before you put give give Otis too much sympathy okay. he does beat right yeah. so, I remember uh, that they
0: you yeah, gotta, yeah, gotta factor that in there.
2: Um, yeah, no, I feel like that should be a disclaimer. Just like, I know Otis is super charming this episode. Just remember, he beats his wife. Just, just sorry.
0: an asterisk, a footnote on everything we ever say about Otis Campbell, who is, like, despite, like, I, I almost want to say Otis is my favorite character, but he can't be because of that. Um, yeah. So, Ruins, the best character. So, so, uh, Andy gets a very sudden phone call, uh, and it's he, it's Sam and he sounds like something's very urgent and Andy says, Alright, I'll be right there He tells Otis, Hey, uh if Barney comes back tell him I went to the Becker B. Leave
3: a fucking note, Andy. Don't trust this detail yeah, no- to a drunken child <laughs> <laughs> know! <laughs> yeah,
2: why are they using Otis as like their administrative assistant? He's so drunk he doesn't understand how weather works. They- oh my god,
0: you're right. What the fuck is he doing? Uh, so, so the, the the next two scenes kind of just they introduce new information, but they kind of reiterate what's going on. Uh, we are at Sam's house. Uh, and Andy has learned that, uh, Sam's wife, Lily, never pictured, uh, but, not pictured, just not there. Yeah. <laughs>
3: anyway.
0: Yeah. Re- remember never that name existed. or don't. Yeah, you just, she, she doesn't exist. She, we don't actually see this woman, uh, is having a baby right now. And she's been, uh, he's been like too tired or too exhausted to think about this. Anything else but the baby for the past couple of months.
2: Alright, so cut back to the jail where Barney is yelling at Floyd over the phone. Uh, and he is telling him to get a bunch of guys together and meet up with him and go to Sam's house. Uh, and uh, Floyd responds, he's in his pajamas at home, terrified and he says, I've never been in a posse before, Barney. What do I wear? Do, should I bring anything? Barney is rounding up a posse to go to a dude's fucking house with With weaponry and he punctuates it by saying that's a civic order Floyd responds by saying I don't have a gun I can get a really heavy stick that my wife uses to prop a door open and Barney says are you trying to stall are you trying to get out of this this is your uh, your civic duty to help me go to a guy's house with a bunch of guns and a bunch of dudes for vague (laughs) reasons so this is some backwoods totalitarian totalitarianism bingo that Barney is currently checking off boxes for. Uh, th- th- monstrously illegal that a police officer is enlisting citizens for a violent raid on private property. Also, especially when it's demonstrated that they can call the state police at any time. They've done it on several occasions, but Barney specifically wants to get a bunch of scared, frightened, armed dudes from town. Because he wants to fucking murder I mean, the
3: police, the state police would be like, go back to your meth in town, Barney Fife, you know? I don't know.
2: Yeah, that's why he doesn't call them, because they'd be like, all right, well, you're a moron, who, (laughs) why are you calling us? So instead, he gets a frightened barber to get a bunch of dudes together.
0: Barney does get a phone call from Andy, uh, but... Andy's call gets cut off Because Sam thinks his wife is going to labor right that moment And says, something's happening, something's happening And he hangs up the phone on Andy's end So Barney begins to panic His instinct is, oh no, they they nailed Andy while he was trying to call me So he starts to load his gun And he runs out and he puts Otis in charge He's like, Otis, you know what to do You've been here enough And then he runs off Um, Otis may have then hung himself in the jail cell We don't know, we don't see him for the Yeah, yeah
2: Oh, the, he 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 left the guy who's currently afraid of thunder alone in a jail, uh, with many guns.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so a it, probably fine. So, all right, so this is where we get to what the episode is actually about. Um, so Andy and Sam walk out of a room, like the kitchen or something, the other room, into the living room of Sam's house, and Barney or Andy says, "You're gonna have a lot of false alarms. Now you just relax." Uh, And he tries to get Sam to sit down, and Sam doesn't want to sit down, so they kind of push on each other a little bit. Barney is watching from the window. He doesn't hear them, so he sees them, like, starting to fight from what he can see. Well, Uh, it
2: doesn't look like a fight. It looks like some light shoulder-touching, and they cut to Don Knot's expression of pure (laughs) horror. Uh, It looks
0: in no way like a fight. So uh, Barney loads his gun. He prepares to open fire. He's, like... About to storm the door when Sam opens the door. Uh, by the way, how many fucking Sams are in this town? <laughs> just realize that.
2: Uh, and <laughs> There's a lot of them.
0: Barney uh, well, just no, no, no. Charges, in, charges in and runs straight into a wall with a loaded <clears throat> gun. Uh, we,
2: in a house with a pregnant woman. So yeah. he, he tries to break down a door in the worst way to break down a door while holding a loaded gun. Uh, and like... He already has, like, a long, long track record of accidentally firing his gun at the oh. slightest provocation. Uh, and there's a woman giving birth in the other room. Well,
0: so, maybe. <laughs> we're told <laughs> that. We don't see or hear her. <laughs> oh, my God, it hurts. Uh, yeah. It's,
2: it's so, the worst representation of of child delivery in anything I've ever seen.
0: So then we fade out, presumably for commercial, and fade back in. And that's where Sam is now talking to Barney and talking and talking. And he explains that, like, he's been too worried to think about anything. He can't leave uh, Lily alone for too long. So he just kind of runs to town and grabs the groceries and comes back in. and i um, just been so worried. And he talks and talks. And Barney says a line like, well, they don't talk much in town, but he certainly talks a lot at home. Uh, so now Barney has mellowed out.
3: I mean, unless there's complications from her pregnancy... Like, women do stuff until, right until it happens. Like, women have jobs sometimes. And if there's complications from the pregnancy, maybe you guys should, like, talk to some lady in the town or something. Because old ladies love to help pregnant people. (laughs) And, like, what are you
0: doing? You've got an entire army of nursemaids, basically. Aunt B will get on the (laughs) horn and you will have just anything you need. That's what she lives for. (gasps) She'll she'll just call all of her friends at the Spencer Narium and just think. Like, why does he keep his wife in a freaking box (laughs)
3: instead? She's, like, in that, like, fucking
2: menstruation hut that old-timey societies would I keep mean, women in. Like, she's beautiful. in quarantine.
3: I love that concept. I'm sorry. Like, a place where women go to be together when they're menstruating, good God, that is... Really? You're pro-menstruation? Yeah, man. It's a do thing. What? That's, like, a thing that they used to do, and it's, like, but it, and it it's not because they're, like being demonized for it it's like that's when they get to like y'all in touch with their like sacred feminine i thought it was like quarantining them so that's the thing with organized religion often like male patriarchal leads make it about that but that's not what the intent was originally it's beautiful they but they squashed (sighs) Anyway, for a long time, that had a female no, component. No, we no, 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 no it If
2: you want, we can edit out as much as this we need to. Uh, but yeah, no, fuck. I didn't. Re- I I thought of that as like the uh, the ultimate symbol of patriarchy. That like we would like segregate menstruating women, and but I I saw, sort of saw that like replicated in like them them like putting her in the pregnancy yeah. shed.
0: Well, let's let's go ahead and get into this, right? So we've established we're not gonna see. Lily or hear her. She's apparently having a very quiet those tranquilizers that <laughs> sandbox really fucking work. Uh, <laughs> I
3: loved having a baby. It was really easy. I'll have another one, I think.
2: <laughs> She's doing the fucking crossword puzzle the entire time.
0: But like they, they keep they keep referencing like bandages, strips of sheet, and boiling water. They keep saying that over and over again. You know why? Because this was written by men in the 60s and for men in the 60s, that's what they know childbirth is. I get boiling water, I stand in a room for a little while, and then there's a baby. Like, it it was not, no research went into this. Nobody. It honestly feels
2: like, um, like they forgot. God, that women are involved in pregnancy. Like, it feels like they were like, the writers were, like, like smoking after, like, having finished the episode, but, like, real good one, and they and someone just was like, oh, yeah, you know, so who do you get to play the, uh, the mother? The who? No- <laughs> Damn it! Oh my god, we forgot to put a woman in there! <laughs> like, it's like they for- temporarily forgot that, like, the child doesn't come out of a primordial tarp.
0: <laughs> It's It's really, it's really frustrating because, like, you know, most sitcoms do a childbirth episode at some point in time, and like Barney and Andy doing their vaudeville shtick as they try to deliver a baby would be a funny episode. That's there's a lot of opportunity for comedy there. Instead, we get boring war stories. So my mom actually
2: uh, explained this to me recently. Uh, until like all throughout the 1960s, you couldn't show a pregnant woman on TV. Like a woman, uh, you 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 couldn't have a, a woman at any stage of pregnancy whatsoever because it implied that she at one point had sex and there was a connection between sex and having a child. Wasn't Lucille
0: Ball the first woman to be
2: pregnant on screen? Uh, maybe I know that the first uh the first couple to sleep in the same bed was the Dick Van Dyke Show. Really. Yeah.
0: Well, the, the Dick Van no, Dyke that... Show was were contemporary, so we're about the same the same time, right? Well, yeah, it's it's still early sixties.
3: Balls on pregnancy <laughs> may not know. have been the first in television history. Mary Kay and Johnny beat it to that distinction back in nineteen forty eight, and that is from AV Club, guys. Phil Dias Nugent. <laughs> uh, look, there's a lot of writers, and I'm not going to name them all, but that's one of the writers of this article. Okay.
2: But uh, uh but but so the the like it was a normal thing that you couldn't show pre childbirth. But I think the surprising thing about this is you couldn't even show post childbirth. Mm. Like you couldn't you couldn't show a woman having had been pregnant. Like holding uh, the baby? Yeah. Right
3: after? Interesting. Yeah,
2: yeah no, like during that entire period she, it's like she just like like becomes like, a vague concept of a mother. Like, it's super weird. Like, you sort of see the boundaries of public consciousness from this.
0: So, let's go ahead and... I mean, I don't want to get into many details with this bit because it just kind of repeats itself over and over again. Uh, the important part you should know is that the doctor can't get there, not because of the storm, but because he's out of town. Uh, and Andy is going to be the one who delivers. Barney is stressing about this because, as he points out, Andy flunked biology when they were in high school. He couldn't dissect a grasshopper, which I, you have frogs, whatever. Uh yeah,
2: they they th- this town if we know one thing about it,
0: they're they're up to their tits in frogs. It they, is, have, they they are like seven plagues of Egypt level of frogs, like he,
2: yeah. <laughs> they, they, frogging is like one of the top like top 3 pastimes of everyone in town. Oh my god. Uh, But Barney is also being such a little prick because he's like, Andy, let me explain why you can't do this at all. But also, I'm not going to help and there's no other options. I just want to tell you that you're
3: going to (laughs) fail. End of of sentence. Equating a grasshopper to a child is really upsetting. It's gross. A child's birth. Dissecting a grasshopper versus, like, killing a being and opening it versus, yeah. versus life into the world. Like, what is wrong with you, Barney? You... you couldn't even dissect a gra- grasshopper. How are you supposed to eviscerate this baby? <laughs> <laughs> like, Andy's had sex before. Like, he's at least once.
0: That's true, that's true, but you gotta figure Andy was probably not present for Opie's birth either. That's Uh, true. Ugh, he was just like
3: smoking a cigar outside.
2: It is a valid possibility that no one involved in the making of this entire episode of television has any idea how childbirth
0: works. No, and did zero research. Did not ask any doctor.
2: They (laughs) all think, everyone from like director through writer through actor thinks... All right, so what childbirth is is I sit in a room, and I'm kind of anxious, but then I talk about the war, and then a baby comes out, and everything's good, and then I smoke.
0: Uh, like Bo- Bob Sweeney like... is many things. We've listed all the many things Bob Sweeney is. He is not a gynecologist. <laughs> not a gynecologist, Bob Sweeney. <laughs> uh Yeah, no, that is that is absolutely beyond the
2: the realm of possibility that Bob Sweeney has any idea how a vagina works. Uh,
0: So so in order to calm Sam down and distract him, Andy has the idea that we're going to talk about Barney's military service, which is a goddamn retcon. So it turns out Barney never actually went overseas during World War Two, which kind of blows away our PTSD theory about Barney. Yeah, yeah. I'm
2: furious about
3: this because that's was... how I've been explaining his bullshit the entire time. May I present a new theory? Sure. Yes. Okay, so this is World War Two, right?
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, well, Bar- Barney and Andy served in World War Two. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but okay. Sam served in Korea. Right, right, which right. Which is very weird to hear because it's weird any time the Andy Griffith Show reminds you that technically it's 1961. Um, yeah.
3: Um, okay, back into my theory. So, right, there's the FS time, there's this thing where if you don't go like overseas, if you didn't go at all into the service, people would, like, fucking spit on you, Right. Like, mothers would be angry with you that you you weren't over there fighting. Um, um, That actually happened to my other grandfather, my Jewish grandfather. He, like, couldn't serve. And women, people just looked down at him. So for a while, he had kind of, like, a chit on his shoulder. Um, And Barney still served. But I'm sure he suffered from a little bit of, like, I didn't go overseas
2: but yeah so he was walking around uh where was he he was staten island Island? yeah (laughs) yeah so he was he was walking around staten island during the war the entire time and people thought he wasn't serving and he was working in a fucking library
3: i mean even if he was wearing his uniform people might just be like not as impressed by him because of that there's like so much like so much of your like dick level was was measured by your service at that time Oh, so he's like
0: a solid theory. This is like, this is why he's overcompensating.
3: Yeah. Yes. He didn't
0: serve or he did serve, but he, because he didn't again, I keep referencing hot fuzz. It's the proper action and shit. The Nick, the Nick Frost bit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's why he
2: never has like this constant hunger for, uh, for, for confrontation because he, uh, because he's been like, instead of being traumatized, he's deeply emasculated, Mm -hmm. uh, well, guys like Andy were over in uh in Europe, what, having what he imagines to be like this badass pulp adventure that he wish he could have participated in. He was in Staten Island getting spit on by passerby because uh because he wasn't man enough to go to war.
3: That fucking That that tracks. kind of works better.
0: Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Thank you for that new theory. Um, yeah.
3: you're welcome. Um, I will be here for the rest of the episode if you have any more, <laughs> you know, anything else.
2: Alright. Any Any more uh, fan theories you want to, like, you want to toss off? Hey,
0: but, we've got is an alien. Here, here, Here's a good opportunity. If you have fan theories about the Andy Griffith Show, email them to us, BreakingMayberry at gmail.com, or send them to us on Twitter at BreakMayberry. I want to hear your fan theories about the Andy Griffith show. Tell us uh, where you think Ellie goes or tell us why you think Andy is or Barney is the way he is. Let's hear him.
2: Wow. Uh, right. Also, we are going to be reading fan fiction at some point. We found a treasure trove. Yeah, oh, yeah.
0: Those are bonus episodes there too. Patreon. Oh, All right,
2: the so... Andy Griffith versus Batman one fucking rules. I'm sorry. What now? Andy Griffith fights Batman in one of the fan fictions. Wow. That, they write Batman real weird. It's awesome. Listeners, you are in for a
3: real treat someday soon if you donate money to their Patreon.
0: Seventeen war stories later, uh, Andy goes out of the he goes out of the room and he comes back holding a baby. Apparently, that's how childbirth works. <laughs> yeah, uh, just and- just
3: pops out. Do you think that the baby got screen time because it was a boy baby? Like, if it was a female baby, they just wouldn't have shown it. They would have been like, it's a healthy baby girl, but she's in the room still because we don't like women.
2: Definite possibility that it would just been like, oh, look at this adorable pink swaddle that we're not going to zoom in on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But he comes out and he hands it to Sam, and Sam is like, oh no, I'm afraid to hold the baby. I'm going to break it. And. Like, and Andy, like, coaxes him to take the child. And he's just like, all right, well, I'm just going to hold here and stand nowhere near my wife. Um, This is a moment just for me. (laughs)
0: She, I, she doesn't I, need any comfort. She didn't do anything today.
2: She's cool, I bet. She doesn't want to see the child that she just made. Um, I, you know what? We'll both enjoy this moment separately. I'll enjoy the baby in the living room, and then when I'm done with it, I'll bring it to the bedroom so that she can know that her child is okay.
3: We'll get around to it. What is he thinking? Like, is he thinking that he's never gonna hold the baby ever? Like, his wife was bedridden, and he had to take care of her. So, like, why is he like, oh, I can't hold. You're going to hold that baby because your life is evil. <laughs> Nut up and hold your baby, goddammit.
0: <sighs> I, I, yeah. Sam's holding this baby and he's just like, I, I I'm, can't believe that I get to have this and share this moment with the most important person in my life. <laughs> the sheriff of the town that I live outside of and his weird <laughs> the, deputy
2: two guys that were that, uh, that were planning on arresting me on trumped up charges slightly <laughs> earlier in the episode my best friends
0: so so andy says all right barney let's get out of here let's go outside i need to have a smoke uh smoking on television you know with a newborn in the other room that's cool open windows whatever <laughs>
2: Yeah, uh, n- like, it, it, it. it's so weird that this is the first episode where we see Andy smoke.
0: Yeah, he just lights up right outside there. Um, and that's when they notice, oh, wait, Floyd is there holding a fucking brick, and he's got several armed men behind him. <laughs> including the mayor. The mayor is there, he is armed, he is ready to kill
2: people, my pudgy little gangster. He is... <laughs> fucking adorable and he is wielding a double barrel shotgun (laughs) which is definitely loaded with marshmallows
0: (laughs) (laughs) barney calls off his posse uh and andy says did y'all know that sam's a new papa eight pounds whatever and this is where like sam comes out and he says hey i need some help i can't get andy to stop crying he revealed to us that he named the child after andy And I broke my television.
3: Like, was it Andrew? Or just Andy? Did you name your child Andy? (laughs) What? Yeah, he did not think out this birth certificate. He was like, well, there's a lot of Sams in the town, so I guess I'll just add a few Andys which like you know he just yelled into the bedroom like hey child hold the child's
2: name is Andy like and then just walked up be like he didn't ask his wife for help like quieting the child he was like hey do you know never mind i'm going to get the i'm going to get the only person in this town i can rely on
0: yeah <laughs> and Christ. so the stinger of this is uh Impromptu bluegrass festival, I guess, in celebration of baby Andy's existence. Also,
2: oh, you, Aunt B and Opie like roll back in, and uh, and the Aunt B finally. I think this is actually the first time that Lily gets named is
0: by Aunt B. Of course, it is. Of course, Aunt B is the only one who considers the woman.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like oh, Lily did a great job having this child, and Opie is, like, demanding to be allowed to hold the kid, which,
3: no, no, you you, ha- you had the right idea not allowing him no. to do that. He's a tiny caveman. So I saw your note on that, and I was like, how could they let him not let him? Like, that's how you learn how to not be a toxic man, is, like, you know, taking on roles that are not expected of you. No, that's I, that I, ship has sailed
2: with Opie. He's he's a lost cause.
0: I don't I don't know if it's so much like not giving Opie the baby because that's not what men do, and Opie's a man, or as much as it is not giving Opie the baby because he has no spatial awareness or like mm. regard for human life. I don't know. So. He's
2: illiterate and has been taught that women shouldn't be allowed to vote. Uh, I think. The ship has sailed on Opie in a lot of regards. Oh, yeah. That
0: baby's better off. Yeah. Um, uh. I will say, Dan, you, you are slightly incorrect. To Sam's, like, minor, the bar is so low credit, he does ask, is Lily okay after Andy walks out with the baby? Yeah. So. Oh, okay. All right, cool. That. And Andy's like, he's fine. And that's it. We don't, that's, that's all. Um. <laughs>
3: She's not not even invited to the party. Like, they're like, oh, Lily, go to sleep. And then, like, there's, like, a fucking, like, music fest. And she doesn't...
2: Which, you know what? Recently delivering mothers fucking love is bluegrass festivals just outside their window. Yeah! That is really, like, the best thing for recovering from delivery is just, like, you know some some music some loud inescapable music
0: And that's it. That's this episode. That's quiet Sam. The end. Ratings, <laughs> folks. Uh, um yeah. Oh, all God. right, so let's let's do the Andy meters first. How good is this episode? Like how much do we actually like this? Oh.
3: <laughs> um How low can I go? It's <laughs>
2: We've, uh, y- y- you know what? We've we've gone as low as zero. But if you want to go lower, uh, that 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 that's your uh, your liberty as a guest. I'm just,
3: yeah, I guess I have a little freedom as a guest, and it's not you know it's it's like the points are made up. You know they don't matter. Yeah. I mean, you guys yeah. matter, but <laughs> debatable. <laughs> You're all we're all universes, and we matter, but um. <laughs> LA. Um <laughs> But um Uh this I can do whatever the hell I want and also I'm so angry yeah. that I wasted like an hour of my life watching this show twice. Mm-hmm. I watched it twice.
2: Welcome to War So hell. I'm
3: angry and I will vote however I damn please. Anyway, okay. <clears throat> so can I I guess I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna do negative uh three. Negative three. Honey.
2: Negative three.
0: <laughs>
3: that is such
2: like <laughs> for how elaborate that preamble was. I thought it was going to be so much yeah. longer. Yeah, it was. It was
0: actually really anticlimactic. I <laughs> know.
3: Oh, <laughs> um, the wind up on that was very negative long. infinity.
0: No, no, no. Nope, it with, with three. negative I'm, three. I've, I've already written it down in the book. All, all
2: right now now uh your fife score so how morally reprehensible you found it
3: oh i mean so now i'm i'm gonna go i'm gonna go 500 500 fifes all
0: right uh see this is this is really funny to me because like having jordana on here as a guest so i'll get, i'll give my scores um my as far as enjoying this like how good this was i'm just gonna say it was it was a three. It's actually a really boring episode. Uh like it's it, it most of the time, even when there's like gross stuff, like most of the time i will be like, Alright, this bit made me laugh. Like even in last week's episode, it was the most sexist thing I'd ever seen on TV, but there were bits that I thought were like good and worth watching. Um but this one's just like it's not that interesting. Three. It's last week's one was boring. the makeup
3: Man. one, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that. Yeah.
3: Okay. Th- yeah.
2: That that's one was saying. messed up, but it had Robert Golden Armstrong acting his goddamn
0: face off. Ah. Uh, this one had nothing even close got, to this it. This one's got nothing on that. Uh, and that's why, like, even, uh, even like, the by FIFO meter, how gross is this episode? Uh, I'm going to go with an 8. Like, it's not the grossest thing I've seen on this show. But it is still pretty, like, annoying and frustrating and angering. So. It's
2: it's not the the episode being really gross. It's the episode adhering to really gross norms, like the fact that you can't get anywhere near actual pregnancy on TV. Like so, it's almost like it's it's not totally the episode's fault. It's just oh 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 holy shit! The '60s were fucked up, which we've kind of put together from doing this. Um but yeah all right so uh Andy score I think I'd agree with yours like I, I think I'd give it a, f- a three it, in terms of quality it's pretty shittily written and I'd say a I'd say a seven just because I'm I'm partially numbed to sexism on this show and I feel like it was sort of a product of its shitty shitty time
0: yeah that's all fair um, that's fair. yeah yeah beautiful uh all right. So- so, uh, after we're gonna go to a break, and after we come back from the break, you'll hear Dan and I talking about the stuff that we cut out of last week's episode. So that's gonna be us talking about the episode Andy forecloses. Uh, but for right now, just a quick reminder, of course, like I just plugged, you can get a hold of us. Uh breakingmayberry at gmail.com, uh, twitter.com slash breakmayberry, Facebook.com slash breakingmayberry. Jordana, thank you for coming onto the show with us. It's been great. Where can people find you? And your writing and your stuff on the internet. Uh, thank you
3: for uh, having me. I uh, just wanted to get that out there. You guys are uh, really great. Uh, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Uh, again, you're Patreon. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, I'm not kidding, but I, I <laughs> shouldn't like do that if you're um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, for, but me, um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lipsits in Giggles. Um that's the word name lipsits L I P S I T Z, it is not lipshits in the letter in and then giggles. The joke is like shits and giggles. Um but again lipsits not lipshits. But it doesn't really matter. Um. Anyway, so that's there, and um. Leave every
2: second of that description in in the edit, Marty. Every so single sorry. second.
3: Yeah. Oh, and also, um, I am a freelance writer, so uh, hire me. <laughs> um, you can check out my work on my contently. Um, if you Google me Jordana Lipsitz, there's a lot of stuff that pops up. Just check it out. Um, that's creepy. Uh-
0: We'll we'll link to all to that it. stuff in the in the show notes <laughs> <Yeah. which> too. <laughs> cool. Yeah, we're gonna take a break, and when it comes back, it's Dan and I talking about Andy forecloses. Thanks for sticking with us. I'm Clint. And I'm Jared. And we're the hosts of the podcast, Hollywood, Your source for inebriation. Which you're not listening to right now, because this is just a promo for a weekly podcast on all kinds of movies. New, old, good, bad. Yeah, especially bad. Plus, we invent a cocktail and a drinking game inspired by each film. And sometimes we make jokes. Not this time, but sometimes. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher and check out the whole shebang at AlkaHollywood.com. Hey everyone, it's me, Marty Schneider from Breaking Mayberry. I know you're already listening to me on this podcast, but I wanted to tell you about my brand new podcast, Why Won't You Hire Me? Why Won't You Hire Me is a podcast about job hunting and career building and the frustrations and successes therein. Every episode, we hear stories from the job hunting front as told by people who are currently doing it right now. Hosted by me, your underemployed employment expert. So if you're tired of uploading a resume and then being asked to type in the same information that's on that resume on the very next page, Why Won't You Hire Me is the podcast for you. That's Why Won't You Hire Me, available now on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Greetings, holiday shoppers. I'm Joseph Wade, and I host a podcast called Christmas Creeps. My band of merry mischief makers and I dissect holiday movies and specials all year round in search of the true meaning of Christmas. So whether you can't resist the urge to watch Home Alone in June or you worship at the altar of mutant killer snowmen, Christmas Creeps is the podcast for the Grinch in all of us. Check us out at christmascreeps.com or wherever you download podcasts. All right, so let's let's go ahead and, and move on oh oh my god let's just go ahead and move on to uh the next episode andy forecloses uh, april 24th 1961 let's go ahead and i will do the one sentence summary from wikipedia andy tries to help a financially strapped family keep their home in spite of having to give them a foreclosure notice initiated by the heartless old mortgage holder ben weaver Now, if you don't recognize the name Ben Weaver, go back and listen to our Christmas episode in which we were introduced to Ben, and he is literally Ebenezer Scrooge.
2: Yeah, we didn't, I, we, you wouldn't think they'd bring him back because he learns his lesson at the end of it, and then it's sort of retconned that, no, he did not, he's just as evil, if not more. Yeah. Because he's graduated from, uh, having a family arrested? To having a family evicted.
0: I mean, I guess it's a little bit of a backslide. I don't know. Our Our episode opens up with Barney and Andy in the jailhouse. And Barney is looking for a new notepad or something. A new citation book. Because all of his is filled up. And when Andy is confused by this and wants to look at all the citations. He reaches for it and Barney immediately takes it and hides it under his hat. Because Andy obviously realizes, well, do you have something in there that you don't want me to see? What's going on here? So it, it kicks off
2: this weird back and forth that they have where Andy kind of continues to bully Barney. Just asking him what's under his hat and then trying to take what's under his hat. And Barney's saying, don't touch my hat. I'm like my mother. I don't like to have, uh, have my hat touched. And Andy starts making fun of uh, of Barney and his mother. Barney uh
0: barney does the thanks. i'm like my family member thing a lot which is interesting it's like a recurring yeah thing it's
2: right a here. it's I, I feel like it's it's sort of a southern mannerism of you, you like you 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 describe your the way you are as your family as a way to like cement its legitimacy
0: sure sure
2: like this thing i do isn't weird my entire family does it
0: yeah i guess it makes sense So, Andy gets the notepad eventually, and he finds a phone number on it uh, belonging to one Miss Juanita Beasley. Now, we're going to hear the name Juanita Beasley a lot, but we're never going to see her. So, she's kind of the Pinky Tuscadero role here. Uh, So, she's Barney's, like, sometimes side piece. Uh,
2: She is the woman that Barney Fife is cheating on his girlfriend with. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, no, full on... Like, and the reason that Barney Fife is so embarrassed about her is because she is a waitress who just started at a local diner that Barney is basically sniffing around and got the phone number of and is thinking of cheating on his girlfriend with. And, And this does not stop. She basically proceeds to be Barney Fife's mistress. Side piece. She's a side John. I told you. But it's straight up infidelity. Like, Barney Fife is cheating on his, uh, his girlfriend, his long-suffering girlfriend, for the remainder
0: of the show. Like, welcome Juanita. <laughs> there's a little bit here. It is kind of funny where uh, Barney's excuse for having this phone number is that sometimes he calls over there just in case there's trouble. Because it's, it's like a truck stop waitress. And he's like, well, I gotta call over there because there's all sorts of shady characters. Uh, he, Andy makes Barney do the trouble check right then and there. Just to check in and call for, uh, it's it's kind of funny. It's it's a good introduction. Let's move into the story though. Ben Weaver shows up, and he basically says, "Hey, I'm gonna force you to do your damn job for once. I need you to to serve an eviction notice." Which
2: Ben Weaver's basic role is he's the only person in in town powerful enough to make Andy do anything.
0: Right, because it's it's implied that he has powerful friends. He's also the richest man in town, pure capitalism at this point. He has connections and Andy is afraid of those connections. Ben insists that he's a mortgage owner and the family that he rents to uh, the Scoby family are behind in their mortgage payments. Turns out they're actually only one month behind. And Andy appeals, he's like, well you got to give the Scobies a little bit more time, have some compassion. Ben is insistent upon it. Ben says, no, serving eviction notices is part of your job. You have to do this.
2: It's the it's the letter of the law. And it's kind of, like, this is sort of a, almost like the, the most left-leaning The Andy Griffith Show has been so far. Because Andy is immediately uncomfortable with his role as an instrument of the ruling class enforcing bullshit tenant laws. Yeah. Because he he knows that this is a raw deal. He doesn't want to be sort of the weapon that old Ben is using against these, this poor family. It's, it's the most class warfare that the Andy Griffith show has gotten so far.
0: He's not serving it yet. He's got some time, but he does go over to the Scobys' house to see what's going on. By the way, I want to point out the Scobys are the same actors that played the Muggins family and Are you shitting they're me? They're the same actors They lost a son Because they had a son in that episode But yeah it's the same same people That's Sam Muggins yeah. now Who's just now become Josh Scobie so apparently, they literally <laughs> lost a son. There
2: was a horrible sledding accident. They lost the son, and were so grieved that they were like, well,
0: they changed their how name. Can call,
2: how can we call ourselves the Muggins? We must, we must change our name to an, a different, adorable last name. We
0: shall forever be the Scobies. And yeah, so apparently Ben just harasses these people no matter what. He just follows them around, and like you may have changed your name. Muggins is, but you'll always be a Muggins to me. So, yeah, it's the you know, same <laughs> actor that just get harassed by this old man.
2: I, I literally have written in my notes uh, Lester Scobie is a fucking Muppet with a weird haircut. <laughs> it's, I didn't realize he was the same motherfucker. It's the same, same dude. Eat- why do they keep getting this one guy to be harassed by, by Ben and also giving him the most adorable names? All of, all of his names sound like Toon Disney characters.
0: Like... Uh, so we come in and we're like, here's this adorable little family. They make some references to the little girl losing her teeth.
2: They, they also make references through the little girl's teeth to the fact that, uh, at this time, Ron Howard was dropping teeth like flies. Right. Ron Howard Ron Howard has, like,
0: two molars going, and that's pretty much it. Right. Uh, and Andy makes these jokes about soaking food. Like, the first time he said it, he's like, well, you lose any more teeth, your mom's going to have to soak your cornbread in buttermilk. Which, that sounds <laughs> delicious. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. But the the he girl keeps says, doing uh, it.
0: He keeps making that joke. He makes the same joke with some cookies like five minutes later. And
2: the little girl says like, oh yeah, all the other kids are making fun of me and your son for how few teeth we have. And he's like, ha ha, don't- I wasn't listening to the part about someone bullying my child.
0: Let's keep going. Yeah, so we learned that uh, they, the Scobies are actually only one month behind on their payment. The father Scobie... He just has had trouble finding work. He's tried down at the mill. He's just not putting it together. They, so they owe fifty-two fifty, which I went ahead and checked. It's four hundred forty-two dollars in two thousand eighteen money. Oh yeah. shit! Yeah, it's a good chunk of change, right? You know which? Fuck, Scobie! I didn't realize how deep in the hole he was. Yeah, yeah. Well, four hundred four hundred fifty dollars for a month's rent on like a three bedroom house in North Carolina. It's about re- reasonable, sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, no. I I thought he was like I thought he was missing the mark by a much slimmer margin. No. That's I mean, that's like
0: uh, for for someone on the working class, that's about like a week's wages. He pays you know, like, he or, he pays uh he's paying a, an average amount of rent. So, but that's that's what they're behind, and they just kind of the purpose of this scene is basically to establish that this is a hardworking family that's down on their luck. Look at them; they're very cute. They're trying their best. Uh, they even mention that he's picked up some odd jobs, and his wife is getting paid to do some ironing. Uh, so that's what it is. Like they're 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 trying hard. They're trying to work. They're trying to do stuff. No.
2: And they run through, and Andy goes, "Have you tried work at the mill?" And he says, "Yeah, there's no work at the mill." Have you tried work at the furniture factory? He says, "Like I tried work at the furniture factory. I tried work at the concrete plant." there's nothing a lot of uh, industry going... going
0: on in mayberry which is weird um
2: yeah I, I, I it's weird that he hasn't tried moonshining yet
0: uh he did we saw the christmas episode <laughs> um
2: oh yeah he's got him coming and going yeah like he...
0: yeah yeah he already tried that uh, ben stopped him there too uh fucking capitalists andy returns uh to the jail uh, jailhouse Barney and Andy together come up with the fifty-two fifty. The best fucking thing that Andy has
2: done in this entire show—it ju- is just out of pocket pay the equivalent of four hundred dollars to keep a guy in his house.
0: Yeah, like yeah.
2: it's the best thing he's done in the entire show.
0: Yeah. So Barney and Andy come to up with it, and then Ben comes by to check why that hasn't been served yet, and Andy says, "Well, you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to serve it." Because here's your money, here's the rent, There, that'll buy him some time. But that doesn't work. Ben's argument yeah. is that, according to the contract, since they fell one month behind on their payment... Actually, now that I think about it, falling one month behind probably means that they owe, like, $25 from last month and $25 from this month, right? That's probably what the $52 is to get them caught up. Yeah. Now that I think about it. So, so anyway...
2: According to the term of the contract... If fail if they miss a month they have to pay the entire balance of the house. Is that is that right? Yep,
0: yeah, which is the entire balance of the house was $780. Uh again I calculated that one. It's $6500.
2: This entire contract is fucking predatory.
0: Like, it's 100% predatory and it doesn't get better. So they fall behind, that means they have to pay up everything or be evicted. Uh, which is $6,500. Andy gets at the heart of the matter, which he says basically like, hey, you wouldn't want that land for that new warehouse you're thinking about building, right? Because remember, uh, Ben runs the general store, and that's why he's always like wealthy and a hard ass.
2: Um, yeah, well, so- he has all this, this power to throw around. So after that, uh, as soon as Ben walks out, uh, Barney immediately says, like, I know the way to deal with this, pulls out his gun, and I'm initially, I was initially like, oh, hell yeah, Barney, like, like, fucking, like, eat the rich, fuck yeah, uh, and, then, and he's like, Barney, how could you, and Barney, like, puts down his gun and starts removing wads of dollar bills from his, uh, his holster, and then after that, his shirt, and then his shoes, and then his hat, which I don't understand why Barney has so many, like,
0: places to hide money on himself you know what he but... does it's, it's a jj Bittenbinder bit right <laughs> barney's worried <wearing laughs> if he ever gets money. you want it go get it Take go it get it here's my hat <laughs> get a money clip put a hundred dollars in the money clip <laughs> barney definitely
2: has contingency plans around muggers that don't involve any form of self-defense
0: yeah uh, <laughs> yeah so they, so then they decide all right we're just gonna have to raise a bunch more money uh i really like this bit where aunt b comes in and they start planning to have a giant rummage sale uh they've got to get all this stuff together and they're gonna sell stuff to like raise enough money and aunt B's is 100 on board she's like yes let's go ahead and do this and andy's like yeah we're gonna put it all to a worthy cause and he leaves and then aunt b says what were they cause? Because he never told her what, the, what was going on. It's, pretty, it's, it's a of, good scene. Like, and Francis Bavier it, is really funny in it.
2: It's sort of an anticlimactic, uh, like, take that, rich people, to be like, yeah, no, we're going to really stick it to you by giving you $780. Like, it's, it, they're not, like, beating him. They're just like, like, we'll show you by raising a huge amount of money that you didn't earn to give to you. Suck it, old man! Like it's it's the weird, it's the most anticlimactic way of of doing the conflict.
0: So this is a this is one of my favorite scenes in this entire bit. Uh, Andy goes back to the Scobys' house and he explains the situation, like what's going on. He's gonna have to give them an eviction notice in about forty. He's stalling basically for time. The father Scoby, Jeff, Jeff Scoby, Josh Scoby, something like that, Mister Scoby, like. Does a Velma Dinkley and is kind of wandering around going, where are my glasses? I can't see a thing without my glasses. <laughs> to which Andy responds by taking the glasses away and putting them in his pocket because Andy's initiating a con. <laughs> Andy
2: does a con.
0: Andy reckons that in order for an eviction to be served, there has to be a clear line of communication. Now, there's no line of communication if... Mr. Scobie can't read the contract, can't read the eviction notice, and Mrs. Scobie is not around, is too busy with all the ironing and all the work that she's doing, and the littlest Scobie can't read.
2: Sorry, sorry, the ironing and housewifing.
0: Yeah, ironing Uh, and housewifing, uh, and the littlest Scobie can't read, so clearly there's no, as long as there's no glasses, then there's no line of communication, and at this point I'm screaming at the television, oh, now you know the law, Andy, now you know. (laughs) See, when it's convenient I'm... for you, you know every single technicality. The scene
2: before this, he was like, I'm going to go read a law book for the first time ever. Yeah. Uh, but also, this seems like a
0: flimsy fucking legal loophole. Yeah, like no, I... I, I am not a lawyer, but I do not think you can get away with this. No. I, you
2: definitely can't uphold the you can't arrest me, I'm deaf, uh... Defense, like there's no any lawyer with like two cents to be like, well, I'm going to tear through this with a buzz saw before the rummage sale. There is a shot in the jail of of Opie doing his donation, which is Opie robbed the neighborhood, uh, where he's donating like. Just shit from around the neighbor, Like, a pair of broken sunglasses.
0: Robbed some... is a hard, harsh term to use. Because it's all garbage anyway. It's more that he dumpster d- Andy Andy Opie is basically a raccoon right now. <laughs> uh, he comes in with this bag of shit. Which is like... <laughs> he's got this, all this like magical bag of wonders. It's like a, a broken s- pair of sunglasses. It's only got one lens. Uh, like, a... A roller skate that doesn't have wheels or a buckle, so it's really just a flap of leather. Uh, and, my, and my favorite is that like Andy pulls out what I guess is supposed to be a toy gun, but it's like the barrel of the gun is bent all the way backwards as if Bugs Bunny put his fingers in the barrel and <laughs> Elmer Fudd shot it and then it just bent right back around. I
2: love this garbage trash child so much. (laughs) Like, he's just, he's basically an adorable little meth head that Andy allows in his house. (laughs) And it's the best.
0: Like, Opie Bad teeth, a penchant for just scrapping, uh, zero money, but a a clear addiction. Yeah, no, that's- (laughs)
2: Opie just like like it was one was one scene away from just Rome would be like so I don't have anything to bring but I ripped a bunch of
0: copper wire out of the walls of someone's house do you think we could use this paw I found a found an air conditioning unit uh, down by the river <laughs> we can uh do some good stuff in here yeah uh,
2: someone left a radio in their car paw do you think we could <laughs> use this
0: uh, so then we go now we go to the rummage sale. Uh, we get a cool overhead shot that shows the entire jail, and they've just filled it like a flea market. One funny bit I laughed at is, uh, Andy comes up to a gentleman who is, like, playing with, it looks like a pair of, like, a vice grip or something. Uh, yeah,
2: something like that. Oh, well, evening. Oh,
0: evening, Andy. It sure is my fine thing you're doing for the scope. Well, we're trying. Uh, how much is this? Oh, about three dollars.
3: What well, suppose it is? If I knew that, it'd cost you five. <laughs> Sounds like a bargain. Yeah. Yeah, one of these
0: is nice to have. I always wanted one. Yeah. It's a pretty good gag. It's uh, a nice little bit. Uh, and and, it, and Barney means... has his
2: own thing of um of, of selling a coat of being like you know uh, this isn't just a domestic coat. It's uh it's from out of town. It's from Raleigh. But like, and you should check out the interior. And the interior is like ripped to hell. And they quickly closes. Like, the outside of the coat is the only part that really matters.
0: Aunt B is trying to sell a toaster to the woman who donated that toaster. So I, it's I, I nice like this bit. I wish, bits. I wish this bit had gone on a little bit longer. Matter of fact, just do a bottle episode where it's just the the Griffith crew trying to sell shit. I would watch the hell out of that. that <laughs> I would absolutely would watch that. Ben walks in and. Basically, tells Andy, I know what you're up to. I went and gave them the eviction letter myself, and I read it to them, so I opened up a line of communication, you idiot.
2: (laughs) This was the worst plan you've ever had. What the fuck are you doing? But also, why did Ben, if Ben could just read
0: him the eviction notice himself, why did he need Andy? Intimidation. I yeah, and th- th- that's just, what he says again. He's like, "Tomorrow, I'm I'm evicting them at noon. You would better be there." Andy gets like what is probably the best uh, line in the episode. As Ben leaves, Andy says, "You know, when that man's time to go, he ain't gonna go like everybody else. He's just gonna nasty away."
2: Which doesn't really make it, it makes any no sense. sense,
0: but I liked it. I liked I liked yeah. the the phrasing. Andy goes with Ben to serve the eviction.
2: Andy has impl- has this hail mary of basically doing the eviction so brutally that it will guilt Ben into uh into showing mercy. Where he he rolls into the house and he bangs on the door and he refuses to let the Scobies take any of their stuff. He uh he he denies them that they're going to be able to take their plates or their family heirlooms. Uh, or, 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 or any of their earthly possessions. And Ben, uh, who is like, no, 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 they can take their, their, their antiques that they got from their, 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 their dead parents. Uh, Andy says, no, if I'm doing this eviction, I get to say how it is and it is full stop. They are going to, uh, go out with none of their earthly possessions. And he explicitly says, don't worry. The daughter is going to become a ward of the state and I'm sure that, uh, that, oh shit, we probably should have learned Scooby dad's name. Um, I'm sure the dad is going to be able to put a house together from some loose boards. Yeah. Yeah. Ben says, is that really going to happen? And Andy says,
0: yes. It's very weird that like Ben had never considered the consequence of an eviction prior to this moment. Andy's entire argument is just like, "Hey, did you know that evictions are bad?" And Ben's like, "Oh, I had no idea." Okay. It's
2: it's a really wholesome idea uh in this that you can basically shame rich people because eventually uh Ben says, "Well, no, we will not do a, a, an eviction. I, this is immoral and horrible."
0: Uh, uh, so Andy idea- also points out, let's let's be clear here. Andy also points out that I'm going to make sure you get that warehouse, Ben. Of course, you know, there's plenty of places that are closer to your store, but that's not the point, right? Uh. Yeah. Again, very weird that Ben never considered building a warehouse closer to his store. Also very strange. But yeah, okay, so that's, that's, they, they appeal to Ben's better nature, which, all right, to be fair, there is precedent for that, right?
2: No, I mean, all right, so There's precedent for Ben
0: having a better nature. That's what the whole Christmas episode is about.
2: Yeah, but but the whole thing is like this is a very wholesome, nice like sentiment that you can like you can guilt rich people into into not doing class warfare. In a million years, this plan would never work in the real world. Oh, absolutely like, can not. You Im-
0: absolutely not. Can
2: you imagine if a cop's uh if a cop's plan to prevent an eviction was to make it as brutal as possible so that the landlord would feel guilty? No landlord would ever, like, uh, ever fall for that. They'd just be like, yep, yep, you know, uh, it, it, it sucks, uh, that child may be crying on the sidewalk, but pff, I needed the room. Like, it's it, like, it, it, it it's sort of like this weird pinnacle of, like, the idea that you can, like, change rich people's behavior, but it's been like, have you, do you have no shame, Have you sir? no shame,
0: sir? Have you no decency? Have you no honor, How? sir? Like, <laughs> If Andy Griffith were alive today, he would be, like, a hashtag resistance member, just tweeting at Trump all all the time.
2: Andy Griffith would be on Pod Save America constantly. Have you no
0: dignity! <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no, what, what, what do you have to say for yourself? If we just confront them with their immoral behavior, their better nature will kick in and they'll just decide to not.
0: DeRay would like, be shilling for Griffith 2020 like
2: it's oh my god let's be
0: very clear here what happens is that andy eventually runs the cia uh, or the (laughs) fbi and he's like one of the like fbi democrats that's up for election now uh
2: oh no absolutely andy griffith if he was alive today would be constantly tweeting about robert Mueller. let's be very let's let's be clear here
0: we keep saying andy griffith what we mean is andy taylor we mean Andy Taylor, the character, not Andy Griffith, the actor. Um,
2: I I still refuse to say Andy Taylor just because I have a... I, it's always a weird thing that's pissed me off when uh, it's like the blank actor's name show and then the, uh, the, the, the main character's name is something like Cliff Huxtable. Like, yeah, yeah. No, the name is the Andy Griffith show. The main character is Andy Griffith. You don't get to change the person's name. That's always been like a weird pet peeve of
0: mine. Let's shift to the stinger now because the resolution for this is absolute horseshit, and it's the weirdest fucking thing.
2: They're fucking fishing now. Yeah, the stingers—they're so... back in the jail, and he's going out fishing with Ben. So a- a he Ben has Andy. decided. Andy, to...
0: Andy, and Ben are going fishing together.
2: It's absolute horseshit. Like, so this was all just a fucking game to you. Uh. That, that now you guys are going out fishing I don't care like if he decided At the last minute to not do an evil Thing he was still going to Evict a family
0: to, For real estate reasons See that's not even the part that upsets me The most here's the part that upsets me the most Uh Andy says Alright well on the way we're gonna go stop And pick up Mr. Scobie Ben says I'd rather we didn't take him Uh and Andy's like I thought everything was cleared up now I thought you guys were okay and Ben says, no, that's not it. Look, the thing is, I need him down at the general store. He, we're too busy, so he needs to be there. Indicating that now Mr. Scobie does have a job, he works at Ben's general store. Meaning he now works for his landlord, which is the most exploitative thing that could possibly happen. That's not a solution. Like, he's just there at, at Ben's mercy at any time for the rest of his life. Forever. And they
2: present it as Ben, like, begrudgingly doing the right thing. Like, they're Yeah, like, yeah, that this he is Ben's all...
0: charity, but no, it's indentured servitude. What the hell?
2: Yeah, oh my god! I, I, I didn't even register that. I was like, uh, I, I read that and I was like, oh, you think it's okay just because you gave him a job? Fuck you. I didn't even realize that he was just doubling down on exploitation. He, no, his line was, uh was how else is he supposed to pay off that mortgage it's so indentured servitude
0: also if you could have just given him a job why didn't you do it forever ago why did we even oh right because of the warehouse whatever it's just the the characterization of ben is so flimsy they just needed a bad guy but not too bad because this is mayberry
2: it's it's the way that a lot of I, I, I want to see like like not centrist Democrats, but people in that general hemisphere see like bad rich people in that they're not bad people. They just are people who temporarily forgot to be good people. Like like you just gotta like j- like shake them awake and then they're 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 totally good people again and they're fine. Uh, like every, like, Ben's gonna show up, like, 30 more times, and he's going to be a huge asshole, and Andy's going to figure out a way to hit him on the head with a newspaper, and then they'll just go out frogging or whatever the fuck these people do.
0: Andy Meter for Andy Forecloses. How good is this episode?
2: Um, I'd say it's, it's around, like, a seven. It's, a uh, It's a pretty
1: it, good,
0: well pretty good bit. Well, we, we also forgot that the, to mention... That Barney calls Juanita Beasley later and absolutely is about to have phone sex, but Andy walks in on him. Uh and that's oh, yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. No. that's pretty funny. Um
2: yeah. I see, I I am actually in real life pretty pissed off about Juanita Beasley. I am I am actually in my real life emotions mad that Barney Fife is cheating on his girlfriend because this is my life now. Uh <laughs> that that actually upsets me um but yeah no I I feel like it's yeah it, it it's it's a solid episode it, it um there the, there the are story. some good
0: bits in it like Ben's pro that ben's performance is always good uh I, I'm gonna also say seven you know I I have yeah. to say that I like it more than uh the other one uh and for like grossness uh man the solution they come up with for my fifo meter Uh, I gotta say it's a four or five because, uh, that, that, that ending where (sighs) Scobie is now just doubled down on servitude and just also this like idea that, you know, rich people can be shamed. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to say five, five, five. I mean,
2: on one hand, it has really good goals where it wants to like actually talk about class warfare and, uh... And, and 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 the exploitation of rent. It it makes a really compelling case why just modern real estate is bullshit. But the solution it comes up for it is just some milk toast. How dare you, sir? Bullshit. So it I I think it, it evens out to a five, right? Like it maybe a four. I, I'm gonna say a four. It it lays out a a. a a problem in a really effective sense and presents the shittiest solution to it.
0: So that's it for this episode of Breaking Mayberry. As always, you can get at us, uh, Breaking Mayberry at gmail.com, twitter.com uh, slash Breaking Mayberry, facebook.com slash Breaking Mayberry. Uh, you can get a hold of me. I am on the Twitters at Schneid Remarks. That's S C H N E I D Remarks. Dan is on the Twitter at The Luds. That's with two D's. And Ron Howard, of course, is on Twitter at real Ron Howard. This week, uh, hashtag tweet at Ron Howard. I think, tell Ron Howard your favorite bedtime story. We're always seeing him get bedtime stories from Andy on the show. I think it'd be nice if you told him just a little bedtime story, just to help him get to sleep. Hashtag tweet at Ron Howard. As always, our intro music was done by Max Ludwig, who you can find online at Sleep Talkie. Our logo was designed by Scribble Emily, who you can find on Instagram. And our closing music you're about to hear is Appalachian Coal Mines by the band Mid-Air Machine. If you really like the show, you can support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash BreakingMayberry. But if you don't want to do that, there are other ways you can support us too. You can share the show with your friends, or leave us a rating or review on iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast. Or just tweet at us and tell us you like what we're doing. We appreciate that too. Until then, we'll see y'all down at the fishing hole.
2: Serviceable, I mean. Whoa.
3: Genevieve. Was that an
2: old timey telephone in the background?
3: Uh,
0: (laughs) yeah. We're gonna gonna need that later. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you, tell you what, jordan can you cue that up? And when I say that that Andy gets a call, just (laughs) ring
3: that. Yeah, I can. That. (laughs) That That is something that I can do for you, all right? Thank I'll you for do changing that your ringtone to something you. thematically
2: appropriate.
3: Perfect. And he gets a call. Ring! Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs>